Okay. I think we're live. Is my mic working? I think we're we're good. So this is Jack Kelly. Let's go live with Jack Kelly. And we're talking about the future of work. Now, you're going to have to bear with me today because anybody who's worked from home, you could kind of appreciate this. It looks like my air conditioner is leaking or a pipe broke. So at any minute, as we're talking, there's a good likelihood that my, my, my roof is going to fall down. Not the upstairs roof, but like the roof in my uh, dining room area, my living room area. So yeah, there's like water trickling down. <laughs> we, we have to vacuum out all, all the water from upstairs by the air conditioning unit. So, but don't worry, this is not going to be about that. This is, this is going to be about the 4th of July, declaring your independence. Now, like everything lately in life, everything gets politicized. But let's put that aside for now, because for now, really, I want to talk about is kind of draw an analogy to what happened, you know, in what is it, 1776, that we had the Declaration of Independence, something like that. So I draw a parallel. Back then, you know, we revolted because we felt taxation without representation. We weren't treated fairly. You know, we want to have, be in charge of our own fate and in charge of our own destiny, you know, pursue life, liberty, and happiness and all that kind of stuff. Um, and with England ruling over us, that didn't seem to be an option. We waged kind of a guerrilla war at the time and, and got, you know, our, our freedom from them. Now, this is a very bad segue, not the best analogy, but the same thing is you have to look at these things through your career. You have to look at your career and say to yourself, hey, am I being appreciated? Does my boss respect, uh, respect me? Do I have dignity? Do they, is there empathy? Is there compassion? Do I feel part of something? Or do you feel taken advantage of? Do you feel that they don't have no regard for you? And I would suggest to you for the future of work is this. It seems right now that the war for talent is on. And companies have to battle to find the best talent and retain the best talent. And in order to do so, they have to really take care of the employees. So what you should see, there are going to be companies that are going to really go above and beyond to make the lives of your workers much better. Now, if you're in a company like that, that's great. That's fantastic. If you're not, this is a time to reassess and think deeply, do I want to remain with this company that's not treating me well when there's so many out there that will? And if you feel that you're being taken for granted of, you're not getting the raises, you're not getting the promotions, you're not moving forward, you're not getting the respect, then it may be time that you say to yourself, hey, I, I gotta, I gotta you know, declare my own independence. I want my own freedom. I gotta get out of here. I gotta find something better. There's been a lot of talk and I'm sure you've all heard about it, read about it, you know, the great resignation. So this uh, professor, I wanna say Anthony Klotz, 
from Texas A&M coined the term the Great Resignation. And his thesis is this, that during the pandemic, people were sheltering their jobs as well as sheltering at home because they were keeping their head down. They didn't want to move. They were afraid of moving for the obvious reasons. You know, you figured 80 million Americans lost their jobs and filed for, you know, unemployment benefits. So then what happens is that you don't want to be the one to take that risk and go out there and start looking where maybe your boss will find out and you lose your job. Or maybe if you really weren't a lot of jobs in your space. So that a lot of people just hunker down. And I can tell you from firsthand experience as a recruiter, there's so many people that I would call and ask, hey, are you interested in looking? And you get a resounding like, what are you nuts, Jack? I'm just going to hang tight here till things get better. Have you heard COVID is going on? Are you familiar with that term, Jack? <laughs> do you know what's going on, Jack? You know, it's a pandemic. I'm not, what am I going to do? And do I want to start at a company where it's going to be remote and I'm not going to know anybody? Um, it's going to be weird. I'm working from home. They don't know me. No, 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 no. I'll stay put. You know, I, I've heard this, this, this so many times, the devil I know is better than the devil I don't know. That's like the stock go-to answer that people would say all the time. And I can't blame them. You know, I can't blame them because you're taking a big risk. Fast forward till now, you've got all this pent up demand. You have all these folks who really didn't like their job, didn't feel that they were treated fairly and say, hey, now I'm gonna look. So the professors, thesis is that you're going to have all this pent-up demand and people switching jobs and looking for new jobs, new careers, and it's going to happen a lot. One thing I take exception, though, is that there's a lot of people saying, and I don't know how accurate this is, a lot of people writing about it, a lot of people saying that you know, people are just quitting. They're just quitting without any jobs. Now, this might come so surprising to you from a recruiter who makes a living by placing people, I would strongly, emphatically implore you that don't leave your job unless you have another job lined up. Let me just repeat that. Just, just from, don't, don't leave your job unless you have another job lined up. I'll give you a couple of caveats, though. One is this, a lot of these people who I think are leaving and quitting, some rage quitting, are in the service industry, let's say restaurants and things of that nature. Because it's so hot in those areas, you can theoretically leave, quit, and then find another job down the block, you know, in another part of town, in the next town over. So for those, it's not as bad. But if you're a white collar professional and you just say to your boss, I'm out of here, F you, I hate you, you're terrible, you know, and you just, just low, you know, full barrel, give it all to your manager, everything you always wanted to say to him or her, finally get it off your chest and you walk out there and you're feeling good. You're like, yeah, I told my boss off. This was great. Yeah, I, I, I look forward to it. And then you tell your friends and they're like, yeah, high five. That's great. I can't believe you did that. That's awesome. Okay. That's going to last two days, three days. Because then you're going to start talking to other people and they say, uh, what did you do? You quit. You gave the middle finger to your boss. 
you threw his table over, you threw everything, you knocked one of those things, knocked everything off his desk. Huh? Yeah. And you're excited about that. You think that was a really wise choice to make. And then it starts sinking in like, Oh no, <laughs> maybe that wasn't the smartest thing to do because with a lot of jobs, particularly with white collar, mid to level senior folks, it's not so easy. It's not so easy to get a job. I just wrote about some guy, software engineer, you know, looking for a leadership role, 11 interviews and still didn't get anything to where he finally said, I'm out of here, I'm not doing this. And then it's, it's crazy, you gotta see it. You gotta, it's one of my Forbes articles and then you also you can check it on LinkedIn. It went viral, literally like 40,000 comments and, and you know, likes and whatever, all people saying the same thing. I went on so many jobs, interviews, nothing happened. I was ghosted, I didn't hear back. So you gotta be prepared. It's not easy, even though it's a war for talent and companies are looking to hire. Don't trust that exact narrative. So it's both correct and not correct. So yes, is that happening? Is there a war for talent? Yes. Are a lot of companies hiring? Yes. Is there pent up demand? Yes. But does it mean that you can go out and get a job tomorrow with ease? Mm, probably not. Probably not. You know, if you were, like I said, if you were a bartender in Nashville, Tennessee, and there's like a hundred bars up and down that strip, and you can go to some of those and you didn't do anything dumb when you leave, you just said, hey, I'm I really am not happy here. I want to go somewhere else. You can easily find another job, most likely, right? But if you're, you know, um, regular run-of-the-mill middle manager kind of person, it's not going to be so easy. You know, not so easy. A lot of interviews, a lot of time, and then also you got to look at the seasonality of it. In this, in the summertime, even in the bestest of best markets that I've been in, it's it's slower. Now, do people still get jobs? Yeah. Do still people get hired and, and still people look for jobs then? Of course, but it's harder. Why? Because it's summer, people are taking vacation. The HR person goes away, he or she comes back, the hiring manager goes away. He or she comes back, then someone else important that you have to meet with is gone. Then the candidate is gone and then the cycle starts again. So it's very clunky, it's hard to do. And I maintain what's gonna happen and just look at your own life and your friends and family, what they're doing. People are traveling. They want to get away. You know, they don't want to say after a year and a half or whatever it was, 10 years, however long this COVID thing was going on, a million years, it feels like. So people want to get away. They want to get out of the house. They want to travel. They want to see family that they haven't seen in a year and a half. So I would imagine while historically it gets slower during the summertime, it's going to be exasperated is that the right word? Exasperated? Exasperated? Exasper it's going to be more. It's going to be more when people are traveling and getting out of their house and going somewhere. So when that happens, it's hard to get. We have people who, well, let me take a step back. The interview process is not like it used to be. You know, you meet with one person, then maybe you meet the HR person, then you meet the hiring manager, maybe someone else, boom, 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 that's it. Nah. Now it's five, six, seven, ten people over two, three, four, five, six, seven months. No exaggeration. Crazy. Lots of interviews. So think about it. The odds are, if it's summer, which is slow, and then we have post-pandemic summer where people want to go everywhere, the odds are it's going to be really hard to get the people you need to speak with. So this could take a really long time. So my point is, 
If you don't have a job that you like, if you're unhappy, dissatisfied, want to do something else, completely get it and you should look for a job. You shouldn't just in a, in, in a fit of rage, in a fit of anger, and just, just someone said the wrong thing to you at the wrong time to say, I'm out of here, heck with you, except you use you know, stronger language and I'm gone. I know you want to do that. We all want to do that. But don't do that. Don't do it. Here's what you do instead. Okay. All right. All right. You want to hear this. This is a classic thing you can do. A little, this is a little psychotic though. So bear with me. I don't know if you're up for it. But what you do is this you play the long game. What I mean by that is instead of most people, when they're ready to leave, it's so obvious. Think about. If you've been in the workforce for five or more years, you've probably seen it. You see that person, you know they mentally checked out. You know they're sick of their job, they're sick of their boss, sick of their coworkers, and everything they say and do, you could see they're just so angry, so bitter, and everything they're just like, they just talk behind everyone's back. They criticize everyone. Any idea you give is a dumb idea. Anything the boss says is stupid. And it just, it's just, it's toxic. And you feel it emanating for that person. You know they're looking. And then, and you have this. They're like, this is a classic thing. Now, this goes back to pre-COVID when people were in, you know, you get, did you hear the phone ring? Hey, yeah. Hey, okay, can I, I'm gonna go outside and can I talk to you? I'll go, I'll go downstairs and we'll talk. Okay, bye. And then you go, go to the elevator, go downstairs and have your call with the recruiter. And you know that's going on, everyone knows. And then they come back and everyone looks. I know what you were doing. But then you see that person doing it again and again and again. And you're like, oh my God, just be subtle about it. Don't be so obvious. So what you want, you don't want to be that guy. You want to be very subtle. You want to play, as I said, the long game. And what I mean by that is this. You come into work. Let's, let's presume you're going to the office or, or when you're on Zoom calls or both. Let's say it's a hybrid work you're in. You come in all bored. You're Johnny go-getter, Jane go-getter at the company. Everything is great. Everything is groovy. You're down with it. You're happy. You Everything is wonderful. Boss says something ridiculous, gives you, you know, says a dopey joke. You're like, <laughs> oh, you're the best. They give you an assignment that, that you just want to, you know, you know, rip your hair out. You're like, oh, I can't wait. I'm, I want to help you. This is great. They come up with a new game plan and it's like the dumbest thing you ever heard. You're like, oh, that sounds really good, boss. Great idea. I'm on it. Now, you don't want to be sarcastic and a wise guy when you say that. You want to say it like you really mean it. And the reason you're doing it, not to make fun of him or her or not to be true, you don't want to telegraph your intentions because you don't know how long it's going to take to get a new job. It could take a week. It could take two weeks. It could take, it could take no exaggeration, six months. So you don't want to tip your hand because if you tip your hand, then it's always uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for you. It's uncomfortable for the boss. And they can make your life uncomfortable because some, some people are very vindictive. You have managers who are really mean and vindictive. And if they find out that you're looking, A, you might get, they might fire you. It might not be where they say it's because you're looking. They'll come up with some other reason. B, they could just make your life miserable. And we all know what that is. It's just, they could just ostracize you. You don't get it going to the meetings. You don't get the emails. You, you're, you're left out of everything. Anything you bring up is criticized. 
you're marginalized or ostracized. So you don't want to telegraph it. You want to play the game. You don't want to be so like obvious where they know, okay, now you're, 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 what are you doing? What, what's up? You just want to play, you know, hey, I'm a team player. I'm part. Now, while you're doing it, you're slowly looking for a new job. You know, you're not the person who keeps grabbing the phone. Oh, okay, I'll call you back. I'm going to go downstairs every five minutes. Huh. You want to look for a job. You do it subtly. You do it stealthily so they don't know what you're doing. You know, maybe you could share it with some trusted friends, you know, who could help you out. And slowly, you kind of, if you haven't done so already, you start building up your network, start amping up your LinkedIn profile, your resume, um, start uh, looking at jobs. Uh, I think one of the things I've learned from a lot of career coaches that's really brilliant, I feel, is that target the companies you want to work for and then find people who are at those companies and go directly to them. So you kind of cut to the front of the line. And if you know someone personally at that company, that's ideal. That's when you call in favors. That's when you kind of cajole, twist arms. Hey, help me out. I really want to work at this company. Who can, who, you know, can you get me in touch with the hiring manager? Can you just give me a good recommendation? Can you say something? If you can't find that person, then what you want to do is find someone who knows someone to do it. Now, is it uncomfortable to do? Is it awkward to do? Yeah. It's a little awkward and uncomfortable to ask someone and call in a favor or ask them for a favor, but these things you have to do. So get your LinkedIn up to date, your resume up to date, network, try to find the companies you want, get in front of them. Either you get in front of the right person or you have somebody who you know gets in front of the right person. Find good recruiters who are, who are experts in your space. You know, check it on LinkedIn, check out on job boards. You know, find people, uh, get recommendations from friends, coworkers who they use. You want to find good recruiters. You want to find some good career coaches. So maybe you need help with your elevator pitch. Maybe you need help with um, kind of just answering all these questions that are usually asked in the, in, in the interviews. Someone who's a resume writer who can prepare a really good narrative on your resume. So you want to be all prepared. So you use this time instead of, think about how different it is. On the first example, someone just rage quits you know, you know, flips off the manager, bolts out of there, no two weeks, just out of there. Not so, no bueno, right? But if, what you're doing is you're buying the time. And that's why I want to say you want to do this under undercover because it allows you, it could take, as I mentioned, maybe it takes two months. So this way you have enough time to really build up a pipeline of connections and, and interviews to lead to a job. See what I mean? It's, it's, it's much more effective, less stressful. It gives you the time to really do it. So this way you don't just jump into one job. So let's go back to the first case, right? So the first case person leaves, they leave, you know, not on best terms, <laughs> by, by saying the very least, on bad terms. Now, when you go to interview and they say, hey, Jack, why did you leave? And, and I said, well, my boss was just a jerk and I couldn't take any more and I quit. And then you start going on and on how bad your boss is. Well, let's assume that's 100% true. And everything you said about the boss is accurate. What, what would you do if you were the manager and you heard that? You were the hiring manager. All you're hearing is someone bad mouthing the person they used to work for. Would you think that a year later, two years later, 
the person is going to say, oh, you're a wonderful manager, or that person is going to also badmouth you, the new manager, and also say, hey, you're a jerk, you're terrible. Maybe, maybe not. But all you can do is tell what they did in the past. What they did in the past is they impulsively left their job. They were rude to the manager. They talk behind the manager's back. So if you hire them, you know that person already did that. Will they change? Maybe, could be, possible. But if you're playing the odds, do you want somebody doing that to you down the road? Probably not. So if you have your choice of candidates, you might say, hmm, thank you. We'll get back to you and keep looking. Another issue is if you kind of go with this narrative of the great resignation is you lose negotiating power. And what I mean by that is this. If you're looking for a job and you have a job, you could say, hey, let's just put round numbers. You know, I'm looking for, you know, $100,000. And the hiring manager at the other firm say, hmm, I don't know, maybe we can give you 95. You might say, well, listen, 95 is fine, but I do know if I tell my boss that, you know, I have another opportunity and, you know, they're offering 100, they're definitely going to counter offer to keep me to stay because it is a hot job market. It's hard to find talent. So I know that the hiring manager is thinking, if I got to replace somebody, maybe it costs 100, maybe it might cost 110, maybe it might cost 120, maybe it may take three months to do it. I had vacations planned for this summer, so now I got to start recruiting. I don't want to do that. Let's just give, let's just give this guy a counteroffer, make him happy, say we're sorry, say, oh my gosh, we didn't know. It's like a relationship. I didn't know you felt this way. Oh my God. I thought, you know, we were, you know, we had something going on. We were going to make you a vice president. We were going to give you a promotion. We we're going to give you a raise. Give us one more shot. We're sorry. And you hear all those sweet words and they bring you back. And then eh, nothing ever happens. But the other party doesn't know that. The other party all knows it's like, oh, hmm. It's like playing poker. Hmm. Maybe he's bluffing. Maybe he's not. If he's saying he can get a counter offer. Maybe we do have to sweeten our offer because we really like this candidate. And if we don't give a good offer, let's just take the counter offer. So if you leave and just do this whole great resignation thing, you can't, you're not going to be able to do that because you just don't have that, you don't have that wherewithal. You know, you don't have that leverage. In fact, just the opposite. What's going to happen is that you're going to start feeling anxious. I don't have a job. Maybe I don't have that many interviews lined up. It's the summer. It's slow. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm never going to find a job. This is terrible. This is awful. So for your own peace of mind, it's much easier that you have it. Even if you're playing the game, the long game as I was calling it, you're not terribly happy, but you're trying to make the best of it. You could go to these interviews with a peace of mind and trust me on this. There's a big difference when you go to an interview and you're nervous, you're anxious, you've lost some self-esteem, you've lost some self-confidence, you're not gonna come across that great. People pick up on it. They pick up on that desperation. They pick up on the bitterness. They pick up on the anger. If you don't think they do, trust me, they do. Conversely, if you know you have a job in hand, even if you don't love it, 
but you know you have the job in hand, you know the job is safe because you've been playing the game and you the boss is loving, you know, and the funny thing is the boss is loving you now more than ever now that you're like, oh, great joke, boss. That's great. Oh, great pride. Oh, yeah. Oh, you want me to work late? Sure. You want me to come in early? I'm on it. All of a sudden, you're awesome. So like, yeah, you know you're safe. You know you want to leave, but you know you're safe. So when you interview, you can come across way more confident. You can feel good about yourself. And then the interviewers pick up on that vibe. One of the reasons I think sometimes, and this is not kind of politically, you know, nice to say, but I think sometimes when you have all these interviews, you know, yeah, does the, does the company kind of have some flaws and problems that why you do so many interviews? You know, is it that the managers lack self-confidence? They can't make a decision. They're afraid to make a decision. Their safety in numbers by having 10 people all agree. Something goes wrong. They can blame it on the other people. Say, I, I don't want to hire them. All those others wanted to. So I acquiesce to their demands. Yeah, it's a game. But also, some people don't come across that great in interviews. They could be really awesome at their job, terrific at what they do. But when it comes to interviewing, not so good. Not so good. So if you're not that great in interview to begin with, and you don't have a new job, and you're in between jobs, it makes it much harder. It's going to make your life way more harder. So what I would say for this 4th of July, declare your independence. Yes, you want to declare your independence. You want your freedom from a job that stinks, that you're not treated well. However, however, this is reality. You don't want to burn any bridges. You don't want to do anything rash. You don't want to make do something that you're going to later regret. You want to be smart about it. You want to play the game. You want to make sure that you have the time to find another job lined up. Now, could you leave? and say, heck with you boss, and still find a great job like right away, yeah. But I'm a big believer in the odds. You don't wanna just take that one example where you say, hey, well, my buddy did that. Hey, my buddy, you know, he told off his boss and he said, yeah, yeah, you could go, you know where, you could do what you could do when you say, yeah. but I got, I got a job just the next day. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. But why would you rely on one anecdotal story? You wanna just think logically, what are the odds that you could find a job so quickly? Maybe, maybe not, but it makes sense to be more conservative, if you will, more thoughtful before you make that leap. Because if you're wrong and you're left constantly explaining why you impulsively left your job and what have you been doing in the in, in between time and tell me more about why, what was your relationship with your boss? You're like, oh, now every time I interview, I'm going to be interrogated by that and it'll get exhausting as opposed to, you know, Hey, play the game. Hey, I'm happy where I am. Everything is great. If you ask my boss for a reference, she'll give me a great reference because she knows I'm a hard worker. I was in early, stayed late. There are a lot of projects I did. But you know, this I wasn't even actively looking, but this job fell in my lap. It sounds really excited, really interesting. And I thought, yeah, I'd like to, to, to interview with you. So you're coming across in a very cool, collected, calm way. And higher managers kind of like that. They like that when they're getting, they feel they're getting a winner. They're feeling they're getting an all-star. They feel like we're poaching their A talent from a competitor. And there's like a, a little bit of like, yeah, yeah, we got this great person. As opposed to somebody who just quit in a huff and you're like feeling, hmm, maybe we're getting a bad apple. I don't know. Let's, let's keep looking. So I hope this helps. So for the 4th of July, happy Independence Day. Um, let's put aside all the politics and all that kind of stuff and just look at it from the lens of using this in the job search.
where you're looking to better yourself, have more control over your freedom, more, more control over your life, more control of your job, have let more freedom. Maybe by the new job, you could work remotely so you could spend time with your family and your friends and pursue your hobbies and not have to commute three hours a day. So use this time to say, hey, what will it take for me to be happy, to live a better life, a freer life, a happier life, one that has more purpose and meaning? And, and, and let's take that lesson and look at that in those terms so you can advance your career. You could have enjoy yourself more. You could be happier. And if you're happier and you're doing well, everybody who you're around is going to feel that and you're going to make their lives better too. Think about it. If you're around someone who's always negative and bad and depressed and angry and anxious, you feel that. On the other side, if you have somebody who is upbeat and positive, it rubs off on them. So I think it works on so many levels. So give it some thought. Are you in a spot where you feel, hey, I need to get out of here. And if you are, don't do anything rash. Give it thought, get a plan, start, start doing everything I mentioned to get ready to find that new job. And be discreet and smart about it. And get your freedom that way. So it's Jack Kelly talking about the future of work. And I hope uh, this helps. And I hope I uh, kind of learn something. And maybe hopefully some people who are planning to do something drastic aren't. And, and then maybe hopefully I save them from dodging a bullet. And uh, thank you very much for watching. Jack Kelly, LinkedIn Live, Future of Work, Jack Kelly, Jack Kelly, <laughs> LinkedIn Live. And so far I'm looking, my roof didn't come down and the cats and dogs aren't around jumping on us here. So um, everything worked. Thanks so much. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye.